In chapter one, we started the idea that everything's created and sustained through divine speech. Let's continue. He says, from this understanding is derived a response to the heretics and the root of the error of those who deny divine providence and all the miracles recorded in the Torah. See, in the light of the conception of creation presented in the previous chapter, it's possible to understand the reason behind the mistaken assumption of those who see the creator and the creation as two distinct and unconnected realities and entities. And as a result of their error, they, dev- they deny divine providence, which does not only constitute the connection between creator and creation in general, it also constitutes the divine supervision of each and every individual creation. See, the, the heretics view the cosmos as a static system, originally formed by God and then set in motion to, focus, to function autonomously. He's not even talking about the atheists who say there was no creation. In light of this, the miraculous deviations from nature recorded in the Torah in violation of the laws of science and nature must be inherently impossible because God is not involved anymore. They err in that they compare the work of God, the maker of heaven and earth, to the work of man and his schemes. A faulty analogy breeds faulty understanding. When you compare divine creation to human creation, it will create errors in your understanding. You see, for once the smith fashions a vessel, the vessel no longer requires the hands of the smith. Even when the smith's hands are no longer upon it and he walks about in the market, the vessel will exist in the same exact form and image as when it left the smith's hand. And this is how people imagine the creation of heaven and earth. God originally established the structure and laws of the cosmos, and since then the world exists independently, unfolding according to the parameters set at its inception. He doesn't get involved any longer. However, they are blind to the major distinction between man's creative work and his schemes, which consists of making one thing out of another, of merely modifying the form and shape of raw material, of fashioning a piece of silver into the shape of a vessel, But ultimately, the raw material was already there. He didn't create the matter. He just manipulated the matter to make it into a new shape and form. However, creation in heaven and earth is a creation ex nihilo, out of nothingness. Now, the wonder in creating something from nothing is not so much the immense creative power, but the radical transformation it engenders in the fabric of existence. He says, creating something from nothing is a greater marvel than splitting the Red Sea, where where Hashem caused the sea to recede with a strong east wind all night long, and the waters were split and stood upright like a mountain wall. He says, ultimately, in that kind of miracle, where had Hashem stopped, what if if he stopped? The wind, even for an instance, the water would have reverted and flowed downward in a natural way. And they would not have stood as a wall, even though the natural, the natural tendency of water to flow downward is also a, no, a novel phenomenon created from nothingness. In other words, suspending the waters was contrary to nature, and therefore constant intervention had to be applied every moment for this phenomenon to continue. So it was literally do, making the water do something it doesn't do naturally. But still, that was working with matter and just manipulating matter versus creation, as we'll explore tomorrow, that's not matter for matter, 
It's something from nothing.